across the country and around the world. We are listening now to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. The government has warned for years that it's a silent killer that could affect any American home at any time. But what are the real risks of radon gas? We'll get some straight talk from an expert. The government's own number is really uncertain. The best estimate is between 15 and 22,000 per year, but they say it could be as low as 3,000 or as much as 33,000. Then, are you making mistakes that could destroy your career or the business you work for? We'll get some practical advice from a legal expert on how to avoid legal landmines. The majority of the disputes that make their way into courtrooms could have been avoided in one way or another. And if not avoided, mountainous litigation should really be molehill-sized litigation. Those stories and more are straight ahead on this edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. We'll get things started in just a moment. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Welcome back to InfoTrack. I'm Roy Mackey. You hear messages every year from the Environmental Protection Agency and other authorities that radon gas can kill and that every home should be tested. But InfoTrack's Taryn McCall has found that the issue is more complex than you might think. Taryn? Thanks, Roy. Phil Price is a physicist at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory in California, and he spent a lot of time studying radon. Let's go over the conventional wisdom and some of the basics first. Everyone has heard of it, but what exactly is radon, and what kinds of health problems are associated with it? Radon is a naturally occurring radioactive gas. It's produced in the soil and rocks around people's houses, and gets into the house usually through the lowest level, the basement or the crawl space. It is radioactive. The danger actually technically isn't from radon itself. Radon is a noble gas. It doesn't chemically react with anything. You breathe it in, you breathe it back out. It doesn't stick inside you or anything. But it decays into decay products that do stick in your lungs and they then expose you to radiation. And the only known risk from radon is lung cancer. The government says radon causes about 21,000 deaths from lung cancer each year. But you say there's a lot more to the story. Yeah. Well, first of all, the government, even if you look at the government's own numbers, that number is really uncertain. What they say is, yeah, the best estimate is between 15 and 22,000 per year. But if you look at the error bars, the uncertainty in that number, they say it could be as low as 3,000 or as much as 33,000. So the number itself is really not known very well. But then also what the government is telling people is true. Radon is a radioactive gas that exposes people to radiation. It's bad for you. It's dangerous. It can cause lung cancer. Radon in high concentrations, concentrations that do occur in people's houses, is high enough people should worry about it. But that sort of broad brush picture, that obscures two important sources of variation in risk. One of them is that radon concentrations in houses vary enormously. Some houses have really high concentrations. People who live in very high houses are exposed to more radiation in a year than uranium miners are, whereas people in most houses are exposed to very little. And the other thing is, with good reason, there's thought to be a large difference in radon risk for smokers versus non-smokers. Nobody knows exactly how large that difference is, but there's good reason to believe radon is much more dangerous for smokers than for non-smokers. 
So combining those two things, the difference between smokers and non-smokers, and the difference between high homes and low rate on homes, not everybody is equally at risk. You touched on this a bit. Government warnings essentially say that any building in any part of the country could be subject to a radon problem, but you don't agree with that. Well, <laughs> I don't agree with it. I guess it's technically true. You can put a building anywhere in the country, and although almost all of the radon in buildings is from soil and rock around the building, some building materials can release radon. But in fact, if you go to the Louisiana Bayou as an example that I give, because I think you probably could test every single house in the Louisiana Bayou without finding any that have substantially elevated radon concentrations. So I think it's just not true. Everybody in the country needs to worry about radon. The government has standards about how much radon is too much. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, this always confuses people because the U.S. has a recommended action level. This is where the Environmental Protection Agency has looked at all the data and analyses and the concentration distribution in houses, and they've tried to come up with a single number where if your house is above this concentration, you should take measures to remediate it, and if it's below, you don't need to worry about it. So. The advice for the United States is if your house is at over four picocuries per liter, that's a measure of the concentration of radiation in the air. If you're above four picocuries per liter, you should remediate, and if you're below, you probably don't need to worry about it. So that's the advice. Radon is an interesting issue because there are so many things that affect an individual's risk or a household's risk. So, for example. Remediating a household that has a lot of people in it costs the same as remediating a household that just has one person living there. But if you fix the house with a lot of people in it, you've just reduced the risk to a lot of people. And you fix the house with only one person in it, you've only reduced the risk to that one person, even though they cost the same. The age of the person. If you're 70 years old and you haven't yet been exposed to that damaging. Radiation that could give you lung cancer, you're probably not going to get it before you die of something else anyway. So maybe age should play into it. So if you try to actually do the calculation, that four picocuries per liter number, that's an attempt to boil all of that down into just one thing, so people don't get too confused. And I actually think it's reasonable advice if you had to pick a single number. We're talking with Bill Price, a physicist at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory in California, and we're getting his views on the myths surrounding radon testing. Phil, oftentimes a radon test is recommended as part of the home buying process. What do you think of that? The problem with having radon testing so associated people's minds with home buying is it encourages short-term tests. People say, "Oh, here's a house I might want to buy. Let me get a radon test done there." By far the most common one. You put a little charcoal canister in the house for a while. The radioactive decay products stick to it. After a few days, you mail it in someplace, and they measure the amount of radiation, and they give you a number. And that's an inherently short-term test. You only get a measurement that tells you what the radon concentration was on those two, three, or four days, and that's a big problem because radon concentrations indoors vary a lot. They vary seasonally, and they vary with weather. The driving forces that pull radon into the house. Depend on things like the indoor-outdoor temperature difference, things that vary with time. So you'd get a short-term measurement. It really doesn't tell you very much about how much you'll be exposed to if you live there. Personally, I think if you like a house, it meets your requirements in other ways. Buy it and do a long-term test, and make your decision about remediation on a long-term test. It's entirely possible to remediate almost every house to get it from a high-radon house to a normal or low-radon house. For relatively inexpensive, certainly compared to the cost of a home.
You mentioned the long-term radon tests. That's probably something you can't just find at a home improvement store, right? Well, actually, you may be able to buy them at a home improvement store, depending on where you live. But if you clicked through the EPA's radon website, you could order a discounted long-term radon test. And so those are also cheap. They're around, I think, $25 or so. You can find them online pretty easily. And it's just a much better way of determining your radon risk than a short-term measurement is. Is there an average price to remediate a home that has a radon problem? Yeah, I think you'd have a tough time getting it done well for under about $900. And most homes can be remediated for under $1,500. Any final words for the average homeowner? Yeah, if you are in an area where radon is an issue, that is, you hear about it from your neighbors and you look online and there are radon mitigation companies in your area, then you probably live in an area with elevated radon and you should probably do a measurement, do a long-term measurement and decide whether to fix your house. If you don't live in an area where any of that's true, you never hear about it where you live, there's no professional radon mitigators out there in your town then probably you don't live in a high-radon area. And especially if you're a non-smoker, you might not want to worry about it. And that's the part of my advice that is somewhat controversial. The EPA will tell you everyone should test. Why not? It's cheap. Phil Price from the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you very much. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Up next, it seems like people are just looking for new ways to file lawsuits. What can you do to protect your job and your company? Expert advice is straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned.